working with a man um, for several years now who goes to the mission field and does crusades overseas. His name is Stephen Evans. Now, many of you will know him as the son of Des Evans. Now, that, if you don't know Des Evans, he was the longtime pastor of Bethesda Church um, in the Mid-Cities area. And I used to go to Des's, Pastor Des's Bible study on Tuesday mornings because he would really break open the Word of God. It was really good. Well, this is his son, and he hasn't gone into pastoring. He's gone into evangelizing and doing crusades. He is a staff pastor at Bethesda. Uh, he served under Reinhard Bonnke. Uh, he founded Light of Life International in 2004. He is shaking Central America with the gospel and is about to do his 40th crusade. They have handed him keys to cities. Amen. They have handed him keys to cities, and, and, I, and I know that he's a fireball, so I want you to grab the sides of your seat and get ready. But I want, uh, come on up, Stephen, and um, let's, let's pray before you speak. Let's just, let's just hold our hands up towards the Lord and pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for a word today from Stephen. We receive him to turning point, and we thank you, God, that you're going to give something to us in our souls that is never going to leave. Deposit, Lord, a powerful gift. And we thank you for the anointing of the Spirit. Now, will everybody say, Lord, speak to me today? I receive the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Give Stephen a great big turning point. Welcome. You may be seated. It is a real honor to be here. Um, Pastor was being very kind for, for several years now. Turning Point Church has been so generous in not just the financial support, but very gracious in sending teams all over Central America with us. And so for me to be here this morning is a real joy. Already I've seen many people that have traveled with us and received us so warmly. And so it kind of feels like I'm coming home this morning. So thank you so very much for this time. When I was asked to be a part of a mission service here at Turning Point Church, I just got really, really excited because missions in my heart, it's just, it's always been my heart. I think as long as I was a kid, I went on the mission trip with um, different churches and different organizations, and it just seemed like every time we went, we'd see the presence of the Lord, we'd just see the Lord doing things, uh, simple ways. It could be in prisons, it could be in hospitals, it could be just going door to door somewhere, but it just seemed like wherever we went, my heart was burning, and so when the opportunity came to serve with Reinhard Bonnke, it was, it was a real dream come true. I had read some of his books, I knew who he was, and the idea of just serving the man in Africa was just tremendous. And then the moment came when he said, Stephen, you need to know that two evangelists can't share the same platform. You've got to go and do this. And at that point, I had a real problem. I want to leave it there for a second, just to take you to a verse of scripture. Since this is a, a missions theme, I want to read to you out of Matthew chapter 28, Verses 19 and 20, it's considered the Great Commission. It's going to be where we're going to settle in here in a few moments. But let me read this. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Say, even to the end of the age. 
Now, when you go over to the book of Acts, there's something similar that comes out, and it's in chapter 1, verse 8, and I just want to read it to you as well. It says this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. Say, to the ends of the earth. Now, this is what I want you to be thinking about. There are a lot of people, when you, when you bring up the, the, uh, the idea of being involved in missions, people say, well, I can't do that. I just, I'm not cut out to be involved in missions. There's just no way that uh, I could go and, and talk to somebody about my faith in Jesus. And there are a lot of things that would try to disqualify us from saying, yeah, I'm going to be involved in missions. Yes, I want to be an evangelist. Yes, I want to share my faith with other people. And we're so quick to try to, to distance ourselves sometimes from that. But I want to share with you today this one thought, and it's this. We are not disqualified. You are not disqualified from being part of God's plan on the earth today, right now. You know, for me, when I was leaving Reinhardt, the whole idea of of going into crusade ministry was overwhelming, and I did feel disqualified. I remember thinking, I know two things for sure. Number one, everybody knows Reinhardt Bonnke. And number two, nobody knows Stephen Evans. And I, re- I remember thinking that's not a problem for him, but it's a real problem for me. How am I going to go do crusade evangelism in the nations? And so I sat down before the Lord and started thinking, hey, I can go back into Africa and Reinhardt could help me. And the Lord said, but that's not where I'm sending you. So I said, I've got family and friends and contacts in Australia and Europe. I'll go there. And the Lord said, but that's not where I'm sending you. And so finally, I just kind of settled down. And I said, Lord, where are you sending me? He said, I'm going to send you into Central, into South America, into the Latin America world. And there I want you to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere to everyone you run in contact with. And I remember thinking, but Lord, I don't know anybody in Central America. I don't even speak Spanish. I'm only now warming up to the food. I don't know the culture. I said, Lord, it's not possible. And this is what the Lord said. Because I was trying to tell him why I was so disqualified for going to such a thing in Central America. He said, we're not going to go in your contacts. We're not going to go in your finances. We're not going to go with anything that has to do with you. I'm not asking you to evaluate. I'm asking you to be obedient. And when it came to being obedient, it was just amazing to find out how many things begin to happen. And I'm going to come back to some of those things in a moment. The disciples were facing a similar thing. Here they had Jesus telling them, I'm going to leave you so the Holy Spirit can come. And when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to be empowered to go to the entire known world. Now understand that when they were hearing this, they must have been thinking Jesus was like, over-exaggerating. He was, it was maybe hyperbole because you're talking about a group of people who had probably not been beyond a 40 or 50 mile radius right there in Israel. Maybe some of them had itinerated with Jesus when he went up to Tyre and Sidon, but outside of that, the majority of the people he was talking to had never left the borders of Israel. How in the world would a group of people who've never traveled suddenly go to the ends of the earth? How would they go to the farthest north, south, east, and west? They were not qualified. And surely Jesus was exaggerating his position about his expectations for them. But we just read his expectations. I want you to go into all of the world. And then you're going to receive power. and You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and again, to all the world. 
Well, guess what happened? These guys who were not qualified, they were uneducated, men and women both. Many of them were fishermen. Some of them were tax collectors. Some of them were definitely couldn't even read. There were a couple of them that were doctors and other things. But for the most part, these were men and women who write, just like me trying to go into Central and South America, having absolutely no clue how that part of the world operates or, or speaks and communicates. Here's Jesus telling the disciples, I want you to take this gospel and go beyond the borders of Israel and let them know about what I've done here on earth. And you know what happened? In one generation, out of a room of 120 men and women, something remarkable happened. Out of that room, a revolution took place. By Acts chapter 5, the Bible says that they were accused of filling Jerusalem with the doctrine of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful thing to be dropped at your feet. By Acts chapter 17, by multiplication, it says that these same men and women, by multiplying and sharing the gospel with other people, and then those people doing likewise, by Acts 17, they are the ones who are told this. They are turning the world upside down. This one generation, this one group of people, starting with 120 in the upper room, by the end of their generation, they had taken the gospel as far north as Turkey, as far south as Africa, as far Far west is Rome, or maybe Spain, depending on, on which of the literatures you read, and as far east as India. These unqualified men and women, some of them illiterate, by the power of the Holy Spirit, stepped into the Great Commission, stepped into missions, and their world and their legacy became so much larger than they could have ever hoped or imagined. Amen. I want you for a moment, right now, close your eyes. And I want you to ask the Lord something. Lord, would you do it with me? Right now, just where you're at. Lord, would you do it with me? Above and beyond what I could hope for or imagine. Lord, I just pray right here even now in Turning Point Church that the mission's heart that Pastor Jeff has, the burning zeal for souls, Lord, the, compa- the compassion and the concern for community. I just pray, Lord, that all of us would get that revelation from you this morning, that as a missions church, that, Lord, that you would send us into all the world as well, and that, Lord, that we would accomplish and do so much beyond our own abilities, because, Lord, we would not go in our strength or our resources or our contacts or abilities, but we would go with yours by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, so I, I leave Reinhardt, and immediately we begin reaching into places into Central America, Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama. It began to spread into Mexico, into the Caribbean, all the way down into South America. And I have to tell you, it's pretty amazing watching the Lord open doors. He's the one who opens and closes doors. We're not the ones who do that. He does that. But when we get his passion, go into the world. And you know, you might, well, I read, you know, Acts 1-8 about Jerusalem, Judea. I'm not so sure. Well, maybe it should be read this way. Turning Point Church. There's more than 120 people in this room. We can turn Fort Worth upside down for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're just the people in this place today. So maybe we should read it. Turning Point Church, 
You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, my missionaries, my gospel workers, my ambassadors in Fort Worth, Texas. You will be them in North Texas and all of the United States. And I know your pastor has a huge heart for our country, but also the United States into Europe and all around the world. We can read it that way today because we can apply it and say, Lord, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Like Isaiah, Lord, wherever you want to send me, whatever you want me to say, I want to go. I want to speak. So we were traveling in different places and people like um, Pastor Brendan and Ron and Janae and many other people who were part of this fellowship started coming with us. And you may say, Stephen... I just don't know if I could go overseas and do some of those missionary things. Well, let me give you a couple of stories and you be asking yourself, would you be capable of doing some of these things? One of our teams went out one particular morning and their assignment was, I want you to take these food elements, uh, beans, rice, oil, flour, different things. And I'm, we, they're already been prepackaged for you. Would you just go into the neighborhoods? And would you just go door to door and just say, you know, would you like some food today? And understand that some of the places that we're going to are not necessarily like the door to door that we see here. Some of the places that you go to, they're lucky if they can get $10 a day. They're so poor. They're just absolutely in need of food. And it's not uncommon to come across places where they have not had any food in a while. And so you go to these neighborhoods and and you knock on the doors and say, "Would, would you like some food? And, you know, normally the answer is like, why would you come to, to my place and my home and, and offer us food? And, and you just begin to say, well, it's more than just the groceries. There's an even bigger gift that I want to make you aware of this morning. And you just begin to unpackage the gospel. And, and we've seen so many people give their life to Jesus just through such friendship evangelism. Now, there was one guy. We had a team that went up. His house was up on a hill. And they, he walked up to the hill. They walked up to the hill with some groceries. What they didn't know was this man was in the backyard. And he was in the backyard and he was pacing back and forth. And he said, Lord, you may kill me today, but please have mercy on my kids. We have had no food and it was like several days. And his wife was in the hospital. She was dying. They had no money. They had no food and their life was very, very perilous. So he's in the back. He says, God, don't take my kids' lives. Save them. Preserve them. You can take me today, but have mercy on my kids. And he's in the backyard just crying out to God for mercy. And one of the teams come up and just knocks on the door and he comes around. They said, can I help you? They said, you know, we're with this local church and, and we're just here to, to provide groceries. Would, would you need some groceries? The man was so overwhelmed that he collapsed at their feet and just begins sobbing and begins to share what he was just doing in the backyard, just crying out to God for mercy for his family. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you are crying out to God for mercy or you're crying out to God for something because your circumstance just seems to be so much bigger than you. Are but I got good news when you cry out to Jesus, you're crying out to somebody who hears your voice clearly. So he just shares his story and he just breaks down. And of course, when the team found that out, they went right back down the hill and literally unloaded the entire pickup truck of groceries and brought that guy like enough food to last two or three weeks. It's just something simple. Could you carry 
some groceries and knock on a door. Are you hungry? Would you like something to eat? We have food here that's been provided by churches who love you and are praying for you. Well, I remember thinking, I want my kids to really grasp this. The Bible says that the righteous remember the cause of the poor. And so I was thinking, I want my kids to really grasp this. And my daughter was seven and my other daughter was 12. And I, there was an opportunity that happened in, in one of the places in Honduras, in the Bay Islands of all places. And it was where a group of people lived in a trash dump. I was like, let's take food to them. So we're driving up in our bus and we're not even to the top of the, the landfill yet. And the smell just comes in the bus and you can just imagine just how overwhelmingly toxic that smell is. And just hits, and my, my seven-year-old daughter, God bless her, she's just like, you know, she's like almost gagging in the, in the van and she's just like, daddy. She goes, the smell, and she's like covering her nose with her shirt and, and just, you know, she's having a really tough time. And I, I'm reaching over to her, I'm saying, baby, this is going to be hard this morning. I said, but here's what you got to understand. You cannot pull your shirt up over your nose or hold your nose. You got to be brave today because we're going to walk right into the middle of that trash dump and we're going to find people that Jesus gave his life for. Just like he gave his life for you and for me. And they're valuable, not because of where they live. They're valuable because God valued them enough to send his own son to die on a cross for them and us. And so she said, okay. Well, we got off the van and we went walking right into there. And as soon as we got into the middle of it, um, she saw this refrigerator box. I mean, it's just a refrigerator box. And in, they had like ripped open like the top part of it. And inside there were a couple of cushions that obviously had been taken off of some couch that they probably had found somewhere in the dump and put down. And they were like old, old cushions. We're not talking something you just picked up at a local store. These, these were old and they were torn. But that was what his bed was. It was what his couch was. It was, you know, inside a refri- in a refrigerator box and there was a dog just inside, which was his companion. And that was all he had. And my daughters, both of them are looking at him and, and looking at them. And I was so proud of them because all they did that day was go over and lay hands on those people and just begin to pray for them as only a seven-year-old and as a 12-year-old can. I mean, nothing out of seminary, nothing sophisticated, just Jesus, you love these people. Will you help them? Will you tell them that you love them too? And would you give them a big hug? Amen. I mean, that may or may not be the most theologically sound prayer that you've ever heard, but Jesus heard it and those people received it. Now, there was another opportunity at another place that we had some people from South Lake. And they were like, we want to go. We want to hand out food. It was like, please come because we need people all the time. And they came. And this one lady from South Lake, very prominent person, was sent into a same type of place, a trash dump. And she was absolutely overwhelmed. But she had this, this these bags of food. And she saw the pastor. There was a 
pastora in the trash dump where that's where she lived and that's where she reached out to other people. You're talking about going to all the world and making disciples. She was living in there and she was reaching out to the people who were in there with her. And so this this South Lake lady, God bless her, goes up to her and says, I've got these, these bags of food and I want you to have them. And that pastora just as straight up looks at her and says, ma'am, thank you for your heart of compassion. And this is what she said. But could you take it to another community where people have need? God has given us everything we need right here today. The pastor in a trash dump. The lady from South Lake is looking around, sees all the garbage piled up and thinking to herself, how can you say to me, a prominent lady back home with much money and you're telling me and I'm not happy necessarily and you're content and godly. So you know what she did? She took her back and went to another community to give it to somebody because she saw that the Lord had touched that lady's heart. And she was living for eternity, not just today. Powerful. Now you're asking yourself, could I do something like that? Yes. And it doesn't just have to be with Light of Life International. You have other wonderful missionary causes. And there are many beyond that missionary opportunities in the city here, in the United States, all around the world. And let me tell you the secret about missions because you need to hear this. When you go and you give in missions, the expectation normally for a first-time person is this. I'm going to go and I'm going to bless so many people. And you know what? You do bless people. But here's the bigger secret with missions. When you go to take the Great Commission, when you go with the power of the Holy Spirit, when you go in the name of Jesus, you're going to find that you're going to receive so much more than you actually gave. That's the mission secret. And that's why I would encourage you, please, if you're not already involved in missions, and I know uh, Ron and Janae are going to be recognized here in a few minutes. If you have not gone, Put it in your heart before the Lord. Lord, how can I serve you? How can I serve you here? Ask Pastor Jeff, you know, hey, what are, or Valerie, what are ways that I can serve here in the church? The Lord is looking for missions hearts here, all of America, all around the world. And just like the disciples, and even like our own experience with Light of Life International, you may feel like there's no way that I could do half of that. You're right. You could probably do three times that much. Because you're going in the Lord's strength. I just want to quickly make um, an appeal for next summer. Where we are inviting 500 missionaries from around the country and Canada. To come be a part of a massive investment into El Salvador next summer. Uh, I don't have the time to unpackage it all to you now. But you, so many of you, about 30 of you, were with us last year in Tegucigalpa in Honduras. For Honduras Praise, you were a part of a team of 248 people. And you will know that the pastors at the end of the week, from medical teams to prisons, uh, Brendan, he spoke to the police academy. I had a chance to speak to the national, the forces. I mean, there were so many different opportunities that were open all around Tegucigalpa. And at the end of it, the pastor said, after five days of the missionaries going into the community, here's what we can report to you. 8,200 plus people have made a first time decision for Jesus Christ here in our city. Amen to that. So now we're, 
we're asking the Lord, what does 500 missionaries do? If we can reach 8,000 with 250, how many can we reach with 500? And so you're going to hear a lot more about it as we move towards next year. And I want to encourage you to come and be a part. Okay, I want to ask you guys to stand. I want to close and turn the service back over to the pastor here in about two minutes. But I want to ask you to stand. And I want to just, I want to ask you something. I'm an evangelist. And friends, my heart burns to know Jesus. And it burns to tell other people about Jesus. That's why we go and do these gospel crusades in stadiums and fields and different venues around Latin America. It's why we itinerate from time to time in churches and other parts of the world. It's ultimately to get to a place to share with you how much Jesus loves you. And you may be here today and you're like, I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, your pastor's going to come pray for you in a moment for you to do that. Or you may be here in a situation, you may be thinking, I'm not really sure about my salvation. Well, you can make it sure today when the pastor comes to pray. But let me just give you a quick picture of what that looks like. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the love of God that he gave. This is the love of Jesus that he came. And really you might ask, well, how is it possible that something like that could happen? Because we have this amazing holy God, and yet we're so polluted and selfish and unclean. Well, It really has to do with the character of God, which Ephesians says is rich in mercy and in grace. And just, I want you to go home with this picture. What is mercy and what is grace? Mercy is simply us not receiving what we deserve. Grace, on the other hand, is us receiving above and beyond what we deserve. On one hand, mercy is this. Despite our condition, our rebellion, and our situation, it's this, that we... Thank God for mercy that we are not punished for our sins and we are not alienated from God because of our rebellion. Grace on the other side says this. I can turn you from darkness to the glorious light. I can break you out of the power of Satan and bring you into the power of God so that you will receive forgiveness of sin. You will be received by the Father and have an eternal inheritance. And this is the picture. 2,000 years ago, Jesus came and he stretched his arms out on the cross. Mercy on one side saying no. Grace on the other side saying yes. And he paid the penalty in full for us. And here it gets even better. Today, 2,000 years later, those arms are stretched out wide again. Here is mercy and here is grace. Not to pay the penalty again. That's done with forever. But it's to open his arms to receive us as his VIPs. As we sang this morning, no longer slaves of sin or slaves of fear, but now children of God. And not only children of God, Not only sons and daughters of the Most High God, but joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I want to invite Pastor to come. If you're here and you'd say, Stephen, I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Or you're like, I'm not not sure. I think maybe I gave my life to him once. I, I think my salvation is secure. And you're like, I just need to make it secure. If that's you today, you want to ask Pastor, who is an amazing man of God. Turning Point Church, you're lucky to have such a man of God who prays for you and pours into you. If you would like him right now 
just to pray over your salvation, would you just simply raise your hand in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now. What an, what an inspiring word. What an encouraging word. Father, in Jesus' name I pray that if anyone here today doesn't know you, that you will draw them near. With our heads bowed, as Stephen said, raise your hand. Just raise your hand where you are and I'll pray for you. If you need Jesus to come into your heart, I'm going to pray for you. Raise your hand. God bless you. I see you. I see you. And way back there, I see you. God bless you. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Go ahead and just do it right where you stand. And I want people uh, that might be, be around them just to reach a hand and touch them. Look, look at the ones. There's somebody way back there. Just reach out and touch her. And, and right here and over here, somebody just reach out your hand and touch her. Put your hand on her shoulder. And let's just believe God together and let's pray for one another. In Jesus' name. Pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and rose from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I receive you as I repent of my sin. Come into my heart. Forgive me, Lord. And be my Savior and Lord. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. 